Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Now, if you haven't heard the episode Bittersweet Moment number 129, titled The 24-Hour Radio Race, you might consider listening to that episode before or after you listen to this one. Now, a number of weeks back, I competed in a contest. I teamed up with a radio reporter that I love named Casey Martin, and we competed in a 24-hour radio contest where the trick is you find out a theme at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, and you use the next 24 hours to come up with a story that fits that theme. You report on it by booking guests and interviewing them and then editing the tape and writing a script and recording your narration. And you do that all before 10 a.m. the following morning. The theme was, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And the piece that Casey and I made, we titled The 30-Year Secret. And I'm very happy to share that story with you now. I hope you enjoy it. I've kept a secret for over 30 years, but that ends today. It started in middle school, eighth grade. Christmas was right around the corner. And that's when I first noticed Jeremy. When I arrived at school, I was really shy. And, you know, just going through the motions of school. I didn't know it then, but when Jeremy moved to my school, it was because his mother had just died. My dad was suffering and mourning, really broken up and dysfunctional, and he mourned his whole life. I saw him in the halls. We had classes together. I knew he was new, and I knew he seemed alone. And I wanted to do something about that. Not just be nice to him at school, which I was. Something bigger. Something magic. So I hatched a plan. To make it work, I needed his address, a getaway driver, some money, and the cover of darkness. And I needed my friend Rachel as an accomplice. And she went along with the plan. I'm very easygoing. And like all the crazy stuff you'd pull me into, it was just fun. On December 1st, we go to his house. It was one night right after dinner. There was a strange knocking at our door. And I went to the door. And we leave something on the doorstep. And I opened it up, and there was a Christmas tree. Rachel and I go running down the driveway to the street. A very small Christmas tree. It was about two feet tall, and it was beautifully decorated. And it said it was to me from the Christmas elves. We jump in the getaway car. I was like, what? What could this be? This is amazing. This is exciting. And I could not figure out who did it. And I ran outside. I looked down the road both directions, and there was no one in sight. We are long gone. Throughout that Christmas, it happened again. We did this every night for 24 straight days, all the way to Christmas. I remember one time we almost got caught. It was high stakes. Like, the magic would be gone. Jeremy got faster and faster at answering the door. But still, after all those nights, after all those gifts, he never saw us. And we wanted it that way. It seemed like if he never knew it was us, he'd have to suspect the whole school. Somewhere within it, someone was happy he was there. Or maybe it would just feel like magic. 
After many, many years, I caught up with Jeremy again. And I had a gift for him. Oh, wow! Yes! Oh, my favorite! Thank you so much! <laughs> I gave him a Christmas candy cane and told him that all those gifts from long ago, they were from me. The one bad thing about keeping this a secret for 30 years is I never knew if the mystery had mattered to Jeremy. Had it made a difference at all? That was the first, my first Christmas on Mercer Island, so it was a huge deal. Felt like that was welcoming, and that helped out a lot, and that made Christmas way better. And it was exciting and something to talk about, but the Christmas elves came, and when they come, be ready. What do you make of that? Well, I believe, <laughs> I believe people were trying to help me out and make me feel jolly around Christmas and happy and fill in the gaps and the voids that... I express during the day, but I also believe in magic, and people make magic as well. It was important. Super important. That piece was made with Casey Martin, with musical help by Adam Scone and the Scone Cash Players. Adam Scone, incidentally, is my cousin, who not only performed at my wedding, but is one of the most amazing jazz organists that you will hear. So if you need to listen to some new music, look for Adam Scone and the Scone Cash Players. And remember, if you want to peek behind the scenes at the creative process that made the story you just heard possible, look for episode Bittersweet Moment number 129, the 24-hour radio race. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell.